fantail flies into the living room and all hell breaks loose. Mum is looking up at the P.Y. Waka and reciting a karakia like a world-ending asteroid is about to strike. My adorable little nephew, Tame, is backflipping up and down on his tramp couch, trying to catch it, while his mum, my older sister Kata, has the broom and is doing a terrible job of chasing it outside. I could watch this all day, but decide to put everyone out of their misery. I calmly open the window and swoosh, the P.Y. Waka is gone. Mum is shaking her head sadly. Kia ora. Oh, kia ora, Auntie Rahina. Hi. Hi. I know this cry. It's the same cry when Dad died. She turns to us still crying. What is it, it, Mum? Mum? Mum! It's Nan! Big sis and I run to embrace Mum. Nan is taken back to Whakawhiti Marae, just outside of Kirikiri. It's out in the Wops. In fact, you can't get any more out in the Wops than Whakawhiti Marae. Out in the Wops hallmarks? One, long drops with no toilet paper? Tick. Two, river and shower are the same thing? Tick. Three, more farm animals than people? Tick. The Marae is flooded with people from all over. Some are crying, some are laughing and joking about Nan's younger days. I listen with fascination. Is this the same woman we're talking about? At the Urupa, there's plenty of singing and haka, a send-off worthy of royalty. The karakia seem to go forever, but as soon as the last amine drops, everybody heads back to the marae for hakari. I'm gonna stick around for a bit, Koro. You okay? Kei te pai tau. Nana's in a better place. I'll see you back at the marae. And don't forget to wash your hands, ne? As Koro leaves, I think to myself that I don't really believe in that type of stuff. I never have. Now beside Nan is another fresh grave. There is a wooden crucifix in the middle of the grave mound and bunches of wilted flowers. Sitting on the cross is a golden necklace. It's beautiful. I look around, then back at this necklace just begging me to try it on. I'm into this sort of stuff. You won't need this anymore. I pluck it off the cross and put it around my neck, dropping it into my shirt. I quickly move towards the gate. As I leave, I look at the empty plastic milk bottles. Gee, I think. The crowd really cleaned them all out. There are a couple that have some water left, but I wave it off as it's not worth my time. I jump in my car and head back to the marae. After Hakari, I decide to head straight home, which is only a 40 minute or so trip back to civilization, and most importantly, Wi-Fi. Driving back into town, I touch my chest and feel the necklace through my shirt. I'd almost forgotten about it. 
I slow down and pull it out and turn the rear mirror to sneak a peek. Ah! What the? There's someone on the back seat. I twist around so fast my neck cracks. Nothing. There's no one there. Sheesh! I've hit something. What the hell? I fear the worst that I've hit someone and jump out of the car in a state of panic. I look around. Nothing. Under the car? Nothing. I touch the bumper, it's, it's fine. I check the back of the car. I don't get it. The car behind me is wondering what the heck I'm doing out in the middle of the road. So am I. I'm shaken by the incident and head home. The sun has just set by the time I pull into the driveway. I get out of the car and hear a hoot. It's a ruru. I've heard all about ruru, but I've never seen such a big one before. It's joined by another ruru sitting in the neighbor's tree. With every hoot comes another addition until there's a whole orchestra of them. The ruru have gone berserk. I cover my ears, run inside and slam the front door shut. Mum! Mum! Where the hell's Mum? I see a note on the kitchen table. It's from Mum. I'm gonna be back late. Cora might pop around. It'll be good for both of you. Kai's in the muckrave if you're hungry. Mum. Yes, food. The ultimate pacifier. Food will help. It always does. Thanks, Mum. I'm about to grab a knife and fork when I notice that something strange is happening to my chicken. It's expanding. It keeps growing until it completely fills the inside of the microwave and then... What in the world? There's a burning sensation around my neck. It's coming from the necklace, which is now glowing hot. I yank it off and throw it at the wall. It doesn't drop to the ground like it should. Instead, it sticks to the wall like it's magnetic. I watch in morbid fascination as the necklace moves up the wall and into the middle of the ceiling, making an awful dragging sound as it goes. The lights go out, plunging the house into darkness. I can't see a thing. I can hear slithering sounds all around me. I scramble for my phone and punch the torch on to see shadow-like people on the walls. My eyes freeze. They are like the shadows in the latter part of the day. Long, really long. At first, they are unconcerned with my presence, more intent on freedom, but still just on the walls and ceilings. The biggest of the shadows stops on the ceiling just above me and turns his gaze to me. Now don't ask me, how it's a he and how I know he's looking at me, I just know, okay? He's definitely the leader, as others seem to stop and follow suit. Damn! Dread runs down my back. I'm frozen. His face comes out of the ceiling, then his hands, his legs, his body. All the others do the same. Their limbs and torsos are like tar, dripping from the ceiling. I shine my phone light at them. 
They seem to evaporate as the light touches them. I keep my phone moving like I'm shooing in all directions. But they are cunning and are attacking from multiple directions. One hits me on the shoulder. Their touch is like acid. It burns. Smoke and everything. I back up carefully to the door. And then, as if that wasn't enough. It's the front door. Now what? It stops me dead in my tracks. It's Koro. Thank God. He forces open the door. He's wielding a huge light. The kind they use to signal to trains. He shines his light all around, analyzing the situation. The front door slams shut behind him, almost slicing off Koro's hand. Okay, we're gonna have to fight our way out. Koro spots the necklace on the ceiling and seems to recognize it. He snatches the chain with his free hand, pulling on it with all his might. The shadows scuttle to the necklace and grab the other end of the chain in a bizarre tug-of-war match. Koro aims his torch at the necklace and punches the full beam button with his thumb. The screaming and the shadows scatter, which breaks their hold. Koro stumbles backwards at the sudden release of the chain and trips, sending the necklace flying through the air and into the sink full of dishes. The lights come back on and the shadows are nowhere to be seen. Koro, not that I really want to know, but what were those things and where did they all go? And not the nice kind. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm guessing that the necklace is some kind of conduit. Now, where did you get that necklace from? Koro turns his stern gaze on me. Knowing what's coming, I hesitate. Well, this isn't a game, though. Where did you get that brooch from? Okay, okay. I got it from Minipa. Anything else you want to tell me? And maybe I forgot to wash my hands? You forgot, idiot. I know I'm stupid, irresponsible, disrespectful. What would Nan think? Ouch. Now, what are we going to do about it? Wait, what's this we business? You took it, you take it back. But this necklace is dangerous. If we don't return the brooch now, then... Koro shakes his head sadly. Then what? We might not be able to stop them next time. We need to get this back to the Urupa right now. Tonight. You're joking, right? It's like the middle of the night. Do I look like I'm joking? I, I can't tell. Koro raises his eyebrow. Okay, okay, but... How do we deal with those things? Koro pauses to think and then looks at the necklace still dangling out of the sink. Water. We use water. It makes sense, I thought. Maybe that's why all Urupa have water at the gates. It must be a barrier of sorts preventing the worlds from crossing. Okay, water, but, but we do it my way. I square my shoulders and rush off. I crash and bang into a few things, but in no time, I'm back, sporting a headlamp and wielding a huge, super-duper soaker water pistol. 
and a little tiny water pistol. Here you go, Koro. This is your one. Koro looks at the little water pistol in his hand. Koro, it might look small, but you can thank your moko when you see him next. We grab the necklace and put it in a jar with water. The last thing we want is a portal opening in the car on the way to the Urupa. The Urupa is pitch black when we arrive. There's a reason why we never go near an Urupa at night. I'm looking right at it. Imagine a prison for trapped souls. A prison for those kehua that for one reason or another are still here. And they are different types. There are shadows, monsters, people with missing or messed up body parts. I'm guessing that the missing body parts are how they died. The kehua seem unconcerned with us. Like the Urupa is a one-way mirror. Either way, I don't think they see us. We switch on our lights and point them at the ground. We grab our water pistols. Koro grabs the necklace still encased in the jar. Okay, Koro. Let's party. We push the gate open slowly. Incredibly, none of the kehua have reacted. It doesn't look like they can see or hear us. But just to be on the safe side, we avoid touching any. We move slowly towards the grave beside Nan's, like we're moving through a minefield. Our lights are still aimed at the ground. We're bobbing and weaving, trying not to touch any, fearing they might sense us. They're all around us. Some are slithering through the grass like snakes, and some floating above our heads. We step on some ghost slime, if that's what it's called. I hold my breath as I duck under one. Another kehua with the side of his face missing cuts in front of us. It startles Koro, who loses grip of the jar. It falls onto a headstone. Every kehua in the Urupa turns towards us. We've been made. Run, Koro lifts the beam of his torch. It vaporizes several shadows. Koro grabs the necklace and throws it around his neck and takes off. We shoot at every king who are trying to have a go at us. The water pistols work. They actually work. I shine my torch in one hand and shoot with the other. We duck behind gravestones and leap over others. Oh, I'm almost out. Koro's gun spits its last few drops. I'm out. Just use the flashlight, Koro. I'll do the rest. We make it to the grave and reunite the golden necklace and the owner. There. It doesn't do anything. The kehua keep coming. Damn, I thought that might happen. My headlamp has begun to flicker. So is Koro's train light. We don't have much time and we haven't even begun our return trip back to the gate. My gun starts to go. I tap my headlight. It's gone. And Koro's light is starting to dim. We have seconds, maybe. Koro grabs my hand. His light goes out. Waiting for the inevitable, we're suddenly blinded. But from Nan's grave comes a blue light. The light sends the kehua hurtling backwards. A few try to cross the beam and perish, forcing the others back. 
And then, Ned! Koro's eyes fill with tears and they begin falling to his jacket. More tears fall and more. Hang on, those aren't tears. It's raining. Nan has brought the rain. It drills holes in the keho. They let out a scream like they're burning. In the frenzy, Koro looks at Nan. I... I want to stay. Nan looks at me with a gentle smile and then back at Koro and does a little head flick towards the gate like she used to do when she wanted us to go fetch something. She leans in slowly. They both hongi. Beautiful. For a moment, nothing matters. Then Nan's light begins to burn out of control. It's so intense that I have to look away. A huge beam lights a pathway to the gate. We race down the tunnel of light. Kehua are jumping at us from all directions, but perish as they touch the light. We jump on the gate and push off. Man's light subsides. The rain eases and the kehua are gone. It's over. Both Koro and I jump out of our seats. I push the answer button. Mum? Kia ora. Where are you two? We're at the Urupa. Oh, that's nice. Grab some milk from the garage on your way back, ne? Hey, kona. Grab milk? Grab some milk at a time like... Hold up. Taiho, Koro. I rush over to the gate and Koro follows me. We grab the milk bottles that still have some water in them and wash our hands. Phew. Somehow mums just know. Thanks mum. Paki kehua he mea tuku na te wānanga o Aotearoa Ah, na te māngai pāho i tautoko. Pakikehua, brought to you by Te Wānanga o Aotearoa with funding from Te Māngai Pāho.